Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith. Joining me tonight is Jawan Carter. What's up, Jawan? What's going on? Uh, nothing much, man. Just excited to uh, get into some more NBA free agency news. We got finally got some plays on some big restricted free agents, uh, and we got a trade as well to discuss. So lots of lots of cool stuff going on. Uh, Joel is going to be joining us in just a little bit, maybe about five minutes or so. Um, my guess would be Daddy Duties. Um, if I if I had to make an educated guess, uh, so we'll we'll hear from him when he uh, gets a, a chance to call in. Um, but in the meantime, Joan, we still have some big name restricted free agents that are still on the market. Marcus Smart, Clint Capella, and Rodney Hood. It's it's crazy. I mean, Houston uh, and Boston and Cleveland don't really seem to be in a rush to sit down and, and discuss, um, you know, contract negotiations with these guys, especially Boston, which isn't surprising given the market. Like, they're basically these, – these organizations are basically being like, well, you know, go sign an offer sheet somewhere, and, you know, if, it's, if, if we think it's, you know, reasonable, then we'll match it. But otherwise, like, we're in the driver's seat, you know. And uh, – so it, it kind of seems like particularly Smart and Capella are kind of pissed off about this whole whole scenario. Um, what do you expect to come of, of these three guys? Do you think ultimately they stay with the teams that they're with? Uh, or, you know, do you see uh, one of the few teams with cap space kind of swooping in and maybe making a an offer that, you know, one of their respective teams is just like, I'm not, I'm not touching that offer. Well, I will say as far as um, Clint Capella, an offer was made to Clint Capella uh, that he ultimately turned down. Uh, He did not feel as though it was a good enough offer. Uh, He must have bumped his head and thought he was Shaq uh, because I feel like any (laughs) offer uh, that the Rockets give him, he should take. Um, But, no, I think – I wouldn't go that far. Well, no, obviously, don't take a disrespectful uh, offer, but it, from well, maybe was it was disrespectful. Offer, but the, from what I was hearing, because I was listening to NBA TV, they were saying that the offer wasn't like it wasn't bad. I mean, I, okay. I assume he thinks he's just worth a lot more, which every player does. So, I mean, I, I don't have right. any issue with that. Um, but as far as like Marcus Smart, Rodney Hood, I, I'm going to tell you now, Cleveland is just like. If someone offers you $5, like, you can go. I, I don't think they're in any rush to bring Rodney Hood back, especially <laughs> after uh, the season he had and kind of the issues that he had last right. year. I don't think they're in any rush. I think Boston, what they're looking to do with Marcus Smart is they're looking – they're telling him, like, listen, if you want to go survey and see what the offers are, go ahead. And like you said, if it's something that we feel comfortable matching, we'll match. But obviously – I don't hear anyone, like, knocking down his door, uh, giving him a whole bunch of offers. So I, I, I right. see, at the end of the day, them maybe doing, like, excuse me, a two-year with uh, the ability to opt out, like, after one. Like, maybe maybe something like that for Marcus Smart. Yeah. Uh, which I think is smart I'm for I'm thinking, like, an Avery Bradley offer. Like, two years, yeah, $25 million with a player option. 
right. He's still super young, so it gives it gives him a chance to show the NBA again. Like, listen, I am a valuable player. Give right. me, you know, like I'll show it through through playing ball, and then I better get like better offers. Uh, you know, once once my deal is up. So if I were him, I would do that. I mean, again, it's like take take that small little deal, be on a, a, a team that's probably going to the NBA Finals, show out, and let other teams know. Because there's nothing better than a player like Marcus Smart, who is very uh, very scrappy, uh, high, you know, high. I, I think he has a high uh, basketball IQ, um, just smart, knows how to play the game has no issues, and this is a guy who had issues in college, came to the pros and has had no issues, um, the best thing you could do is Short of breaking his hand by punching a mirror. <laughs> well, short of that, but that's one of those things that, that's like, that's just him being like a little bit of a knucklehead, but LeBron did the same thing, so I'm not going to really scrutinize smart. And so <laughs> did, something that so one did, of the best players so did, ever did. So did Inez, Inez Cantor. So, I mean, we saw right. that on TV when he punched that chair, so. Yes, we did. Um, so, I mean, the best thing, if you're Marcus Smart, you could do is, you know, stay in Boston, win a championship there, uh, show people that you are one of the driving factors to winning that championship, and you can go ahead and get yourself a, a really good deal. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Let's not forget, and it wasn't obviously a crazy deal, but Matt Barnes got a really good deal uh, coming off of winning that championship with the Lakers. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's like – if you show that you're one of the, the the key pieces to that championship run, a team somewhere will see the value in you, and somebody will overpay you. That's just how the NBA is. Um, but as far as Clint Capella and Rodney Hood, I think the Rockets aren't in any rush. They're more concerned with Melo than they are Capella. Uh, and Rodney Hood, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't see – any team making him any offer. I, I see I see him taking whatever Cleveland gives him. Yeah, I think Cleveland will want to bring him back just to have the asset, like just, you know, because he does have potential. I mean, he uh, has always been kind of an up-and-down player uh, since his days in Utah. But he does have potential, and if you if you bring him back and he reaches some amount of potential and you get him on a, a you know, a – reasonable enough deal, like let's say like three years, $20 million. So you're looking at like seven, a little under $7 million a year. And, you know, he shows out, then all of a sudden you have like a fairly valuable trade asset. And Cleveland needs as many of those as possible. They don't, the last thing they, that they want to have happen is, you know, essentially either, either two things would suck for them paying him too much so he's not a tradable asset or letting him walk. Uh, but like you said, I mean, I don't, I agree with you. I don't see very many teams going after him. There's a rumor uh, that Sacramento could be interested. I think Sacramento should go after Clint Capella. Like you don't have a, a like Willie Cauley sign as your starting center Clint Capella is way, way better than Willie Cauley-Stein. You pair Capella next to Bagley with De'Aaron Fox and uh, Buddy Heald and, and uh, Bogdanovich, like, that's a that's a reasonably good roster right there. And, you know, you still got Harry Giles, who's uh, – at least I saw he had one really, really good summer league game. Uh, so he's, you know, obviously had the injury factor, but he's he's still there. And, 
you know, you just have a, a, a good young core of players, and I think Capella is obviously young enough to fit in with that that core, and they have the cap space to sign him. Like, they, just, you know, they, they offered um, uh, Zach Levine four years, $78 million. Like, go ahead and offer Clint Capella four years and $78 million and say, you know, like, we know we're overpaying you a little bit, but, you know, Essentially, like let's let's see if Houston matches because if Houston doesn't match, now you've got like a really really good center to pair along Marvin Bagley, you know, as you as you kind of move into the future. So, I think that if I was his agent, I would be on the phones every day talking to Vlade Divac in, in Sacramento, saying like, dude, we would love to come there. We think, you know, we think Clint would pair great with this young group and blah, 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 trying to sell him. And, you know, I, you never know. I mean, maybe that, you know, gets him the money that he wants. And, and I think ultimately I think Houston would match. But, you know, if they don't, at least you got paid. Granted, you got to go to Sacramento. <laughs> but, you know, um, like I said, though, like, I think that would be a good pairing uh, with him and Bagley uh, as, your, as your two bigs. So, I don't know. Uh, as far as Smart, I kind of see Smart in, in kind of the same boat as Hood, and, and it's slightly different. But, I mean, Marcus Smart, there's not, there's just not that many teams with cap space, and the teams that do have cap space just don't really need a, a guy like Marcus Smart. Um, you know, he, he's a combo guard. He's, he's a, a, a bench guy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to take him and, and think that he could be a starter. You know, I I don't know. I just I don't see I don't see any of the teams that have cap space. You know, essentially wanting to use it on a guy like Marcus Smart. But I, I it sucks because he's a really good player. It's just like the the types of teams the the amount of money that he wants and the types of teams that have that money are not in a position for to utilize his skill set. Like, he is a great sixth or seventh guy on a roster, and the teams that have cap space are so far away from contending that he just doesn't move any kind of needle for them, you know? Question. When when yeah. OKC buys, buys Melo out, what uh, what does that do for their, their, cap, sp- their cap flexibility? Uh, they have none. They, like, like, none I mean, at all? Not even for one year? No. No, I mean... I think they, like, because they're still going to be in the luxury tax, no matter what they figure out with Melo. So the best they could do is offer, like, a one-year $5.3 million, like, essentially the deal that Boogie Cousins signed uh, with Golden State, $5.3 million luxury tax exception. So, yeah, they have have no money. They have the highest payroll in the league. um, Which is weird. After signing Paul George. And they have like they have like the smallest market in the league, yeah. That and it's like you only have two like really, really, really good players. So it's like where are you putting all the rest of your money at? Um, yeah, well, it's wrapped like up to, in in Mello and um, Stephen Adams. And Adams, like, yeah, yeah. I will say this: if I'm Marcus Smart and Boston, just seems like they're not gonna make a you know a good enough offer. If I was him, I would figure out a way to pull a boogie and take a one-year deal with OKC because the lineup that I'm picturing in my mind would be like uh, in the fourth quarter. It would be like Westbrook, Smart, Roberson, um, Paul George, and then Adams. 
I would really defensively like that that lineup. Because uh, Marcus Smart is a scrappy guy that could really get into a lot of guys. Uh, and I think it'd be a really good lineup for them. And I think it's, it's, it's a good roster move for them. Marcus Smart isn't a bad player to have. Uh, I agree with what you said. He's not a starter, but that's why I said he would obviously come off the bench. But in the fourth, he's a, he's a piece you could put in uh, in that lineup with Roberson, PG, and Adams. Because at least Westwood does play, like, good defense. But at least two through through uh, through five would be playing really good defense. With Smart, right. Roberson, PG, and Adams. That was smart. I was thinking about it. Like I said, if you can go to a team like that and show out uh, and, and somewhat make a difference, because you'd kind of be a little bit, uh, you know, shadowed in, in Boston with just all that talent that they have. You go to a place like sure. OKC that needs a guy like Smart or, or could use a guy mm-hmm. like Smart, rather. Um, yeah. You could, you could no, they really need make a guy like Smart. To get big bucks. Yeah, you could make a case like need... to get big bucks. That you saw – yeah, and you, and we all saw what happened when they lost Robertson at the end of or at the, in the middle of last season. Like that was all I'm that saying was just, is this: I would have loved to see Smart versus Donovan Mitchell in the play. I think <laughs> yeah, that would have been very been interesting. Fun. Oh yeah, it would have been a lot of fun. Uh, we got Joel on the line now. What's up, Joel? What do up, fellas? Uh, nothing much. Just talking about our kind of our big three of, of remaining restricted free agents, Marcus Smart, Clint Capella, uh, Rodney Hood. Um, I kind of threw out the idea. I think Sacramento should, should put in an offer to uh, Clint Capella. I mean, essentially just, you know, offer him the same kind of deal that they were going to offer Zach Levine. Um, and if you're Capella getting a, you know, essentially four-year, $78 million, like, offer sheet, like, I would sign that in a heartbeat. And, you know, if you're the Kings, yeah, you're, you're overpaying for Capella. But, you know, if, if the Rockets opt not to match it, like, you have a guy like Capella who could, you can pair next to Marvin Bagley, and that's like a really good kind of one-two punch down there on the block. So long as Bagley can, you know – proved to be enough of a floor spacer. But I mean he looks like he, he looks like he's going to be. So um what are your thoughts on that and just in any of these players in general and uh what are your thoughts on if if Smart you know, if he doesn't get an offer he wants, do you agree with, with Juwan that maybe he should just take a like a one year deal somewhere else where he can show out maybe O K C or maybe another team? That's the thing. I get scared when they're like, oh, I'll just take a one-year cheap deal to go play with the Warriors because that's what everyone will do. <laughs> so someone better start paying people before they all start going to the state for free. Because that, that kind of scares the shit out of me. So somebody better open their wallets. So some of these guys are definitely worth the money. And I know it's a negotiation tactic. And it would be smart on his part to take it, to do like what they did with Zach Levine because they definitely overpaid for Zach Levine. Um and now Chicago gotta they gotta deal with it now they got a twenty million a year player <laughs> and right. uh, he's okay I don't know if he's twenty million a year good but he's he's mm. better play like it right so I would uh, we'll say more like twelve out. or fifteen I'd say probably fifteen exactly. like like a sixty million dollar contract over four years but right it, they I, one good thing about what I heard about that contract is it does have some kind of provision an injury provision so if he like re-aggravates that ACL that he tore, they can 
potentially get off that money. So, um, oh, good. So that certainly helps if you're Chicago. Yeah, there had to be some type of provision in there. But uh, when it comes to, to Capella, I've been trying. I was saying before, I'm like the Rockets can't afford to lose Capella because that's right. everything for right now. I mean, they can't. Yeah. If they lose out on Capella, I mean, they like really got to start reconsidering a lot of different things. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, it wouldn't be stupid for him to sign up a big contract just so they can pay the man. You know, they got to figure out a way yeah. to pay the dude. And those should be your top three guys. And that the one way to do it, honestly, would be to, to, to oh god, to find someone to take Ryan Anderson's contract, which they've been trying to do for the last two years. But it's not easy. Right. It's not easy to get rid of Ryan Anderson. He's like a parasite, apparently. Um, <laughs> it's just, I don't know what to do. I mean, it depends on. I mean, that's not a bad idea. Marcus Smart. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with that. Have you guys heard anything different? I haven't heard anything new on Marcus Smart. I know he wants to go back to Boston. I know they want him back. Yeah. Well, essentially, it's just yeah, they're just in wait and see. Like, uh, I mean, you know how you know how the Celtics are. They're just like go sign a qualifying yeah. offer, and if it's you know if we think it's reasonable, we'll match it. But other than that, right. like right. you know, there's nothing else happen, for us yeah. to talk about. <laughs> you know, so they, they're kind of playing hardball. At them? I don't think are so, and that's teams? what I was saying to Juwan. Like the teams that awesome. have cap space. <laughs> don't need a guy like Marcus Smart because they're so far away from contending. And Marcus Smart yeah. is really good, but he's yeah, he like is. a sixth, seventh man who who is probably like one of, if not the best sixth or seventh man, right. men, whatever, in the league. Um, right. But like, you know, like a, a team like Atlanta – <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a, a a team like Atlanta who has cap space or Sacramento or like he's just mm-hmm. not even coming close to moving the needle for you. So I just don't think Sacramento. there's a market for him at all. Right. Well, that's true. That's why I was saying, Joel, did, did you when you came on, did you hear what I was saying about uh, OKC? Or did I heard you a little bit. Part? I heard the I heard the tail end. <clears throat> I was saying, if you're market smart. It's pretty much what he should be thinking about is the fact that no one's really making uh, these huge offers or, like, it doesn't seem like they're making any offers to him. So what I would want to do is go somewhere for a year, uh, showcase, and then get a big contract off of that. So I was saying if, if your market's smart, do a boogie and not go to Golden State. Don't worry. Uh, do a one-year deal and go to OKC. I'm scared, you man. You got to pay the fucker. I agree. I was telling Nick, picture in the fourth quarter, right? Like, let's, let's say it's playoff time. Fourth quarter, this is your lineup. Uh, Westbrook, Smart, Roberson, PG, and Steven Adams. That's a pretty stacked defensive lineup. And uh, Smart, can he can shoot the ball. Like, he's not like Roberson. He can actually shoot the ball and can nail free throws. So it's not a bad idea if you're OKC to try to do it. And if you're smart, it gives you an opportunity to show out on a playoff team and let the league know, like, all right, when this year's up, you saw what I did on OKC, pay me my money. Yeah. Or if not, I'll go sign a one-year deal for Golden State. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather play with – I would have rather have tried to sign uh, Marcus Smart over bringing back Raymond Felton, but you know I'm not sure how much money they were willing oh, to spend. And here's a you know here's another thing. Yeah, that's very that. true. But here's another thing to to consider. I believe, and I'm not positive on this, but I I heard somebody say it somewhere. Um, there's so many like ins and outs to um, 
free agency and a particularly restricted free agency. But I heard that if a restricted free agent signs a one-year deal with another team, then that team, they, they remain a restricted free agent for that other team. So if I'm Marcus Smart, in lieu of doing that, I'm just like, yo, give me my qualifying offer, which is just over $6 million with Boston. And play out right. the year in Boston for six million, and then, you know, uh, then you're you're an unrestricted free agent next season, and you can decide to do whatever the fuck you want, um, go wherever yeah. you want. You don't have to worry about, um, and and you know, some more teams will have cap space and things of that nature. But, um, you know, what I, what I really think that he should do is what we you know kind of opened up with, um, Jawan is just like, you know, essentially find oh. a way to to get a uh, a one and one at like twelve twelve and a half million dollars, um, because I think Boston would be willing to pay him that. I just saw someone say that Sacramento is planning to offer Marcus Smart a contract after losing out on Zach Levine. Ah, that's fun. Oh man! <laughs> See, fun? I think they should go after Capella, man. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't like Willie Cauley Stein, and I like Heald and Bogdanovich. So I don't know I why they're like so Willie desperate Cauley-Stein. to get a guard. Yeah, yeah, no, they definitely fair. are. I like. I don't know. There's something about Cauley Stein. I kind of. He's not a star or anything, but there's something about. No, him. I mm. I would much prefer to have Capella. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Well, um, I'm out of preference. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 But I'm just saying, like, I would rather, like, I think Capella is that much better than Cauley Stein than Marcus Smart is to say Bogdanovich or Buddy Heald. Um, right. Like, I think the gap mm. is bigger. You know. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I, I certainly I certainly don't see the Kings offering Smart the money that they offered Levine. But you never know, man. The Kings, like, yeah, <laughs> like man, it, it would yeah. not it, yeah, it would not <laughs> surprise me if they offered Marcus Smart, like, a four-year, $70 million contract, and, at which point, you know, the Celtics would obviously be like, uh, well, Thank you for all your services, <laughs> Mr. Smart, and, you know, have fun it, it in Sacramento. Fun. Yeah. I will right. say, but, Nick, I will say uh, to, to what Joel was saying, I I don't know what it is either, Joel, but there's something about Kali Stein that I just I, – I like yeah. it. It's like – I mean, I'm not saying – I'm not saying that if you're the Kings, you would take him over Capella. But if I'm the Kings, I'm saying, well, why right. can't I keep both and just have Kali Stein, like, if anything, come off the bench? Uh, because again, mm-hmm. that length, that size, like I, I don't know, I just I like it. I, I like the I like the kid. That's that's all I'm saying. He's that's a, all I can say. I, I, a, I like him. He's a quote unquote defensive center who doesn't play great defense. <laughs> like you know, like I mean, that's <laughs> weird with the guy. Like I don't I don't dislike him either. He's just not a starting center in my opinion. But I agree with you, Jawan. I mean, as far as a backup center, like yeah, I mean he would be one of the better backup centers in the league. Uh, I just don't see him as a starter. But um, but before we move on, Joel, did you have anything to add as far as Rodney Hood? Uh, no. I guess try to go with whoever pays you, man. You kind of fucked up. <laughs> the go with God. Um, yeah, go with God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Cleveland, I mean, Cleveland is a spot there. He can, he actually looked okay in the playoffs during time. So, well, and they have a shit ton of. They, I mean, they. Well, they don't really have cap space, but 
they can pay Rodney Hood without worrying about going into the luxury tax again now that LeBron right. is not there anymore and his $35 million. Right, right, right. So, you know, that's that's something else to consider if if you're Cleveland. I, I, I pretty much just think if if Cleveland can get him on a on a reasonable deal to where he can be become a tradable asset, they should do it. If you know if they can't, then do not overpay him because you don't need another contract that you cannot move. <laughs> so I think that's really what it boils down to. But um, but anyway, let's move on. We got a few guys uh, who restricted free agents who have struck deals. Uh, and we kind of alluded to this earlier. Zach Levine agreed to a four-year, $78 million deal with Sacramento, and Chicago has decided to match that offer. Are you well, – I mean, what do you think, Joel, as far as, you know, Chicago – my only thing here with Chicago mm. is, you know, you were one of the few teams that had – you know, we're looking at a lot of cap space next season. I know you don't want to lose the like the one of the main cogs that you traded for um, in that Jimmy Butler deal, but your cap space is gone now. Like you got you got to pay that man twenty million dollars next year. Um, you know, along with you know the other other money that they have on the books, which isn't you know a crazy amount, but it's certainly. It certainly excludes them from that two max salary situation, you know, that it seems like the teams with cap space are, are, are trying to get there and that, you know, they covet that. Um, but, you know, what do you think about, you know, them electing to keep Zach Levine and uh, that $78 million contract? Cool. Well, uh, we I think we just kind of touched on that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Zach Levine uh, is not a twenty million a year player, um, but they had to do what they had to do, and I understand. Like you just said, like they kind of had to do what they had to do to not lose the main asset from that trade that sent out their best player. Um, well, hold on. the The main asset is Laurie Markkinen, but as true, far as actual true. player that they got, sure, right. Yeah. All right. I mean, that, I mean, it wasn't just going to be a pick though. So they took one of their young guys and ended up being Levine. And you know, Chris Dunn too. I don't want to. I don't want to shit on Chris Dunn, but at the time it was was low. You know, whereas Levine yeah. was a little bit higher at the time. Um, right. So it's like, look, I don't want to. I don't. I don't even know what to say honestly, because like, Chicago had to do what they had to do to not lose their dude. Um, Sacramento had to do what they had to do to get some type of talent on that team. So I get it. At some point, there was there was a moment though. I was like, Chicago's gonna let that motherfucker walk. He's just gonna let, gonna let him walk. I'm like, why would you pay this man that much money? And, and Sacramento's gonna get stuck because look, Sacramento has to do that kind of stuff because no one's gonna go there willingly. Like nobody. Right. That's like the. I, I don't want to shit on Sacramento, but oh, I was really, really pulling for that. that Sorry, <laughs> Nick Boykin. I was I was really really pushing for them to move to Seattle. And I don't want to, and I felt oh, bad, but too. I did not want to see a team in, in Sacramento. I'm like, we have four well, teams in not, California, again, and that's the team that needs to get cut out. It, it's like, it's like, it's like the Capella versus uh, Cauley Snine argument. It's like, I don't mind having a team in Sacramento, but I'd much rather have the Seattle Supersonics back than the Sacramento right. team. Like, let's just be real. Oh. You know? 
And 100%. so would so would everybody who doesn't live in Sacramento, and probably even some <laughs> people who do live in Sacramento. <laughs> it's true. It's so. sad, and I hate. I don't want to be that guy, but I kind of kind of how I feel. I mean, we just Seattle deserves to have the Sonics back more than the Kings deserve to have a team. And I I don't want to I don't yeah. want to be mean, but that's kind of how I feel at the moment. Yeah, no, I feel you, um, Jawan. Uh, your thoughts on Joel's hatred for Sacramento? Um, I don't. I don't think it quite rivals your hatred for Kyle Lowry, but I, I'm gonna. That's gonna be a, a new thing. Uh, we need to carry that on. That Joel hates Sacramento and hates everybody who lives in Sacramento. <laughs> a little crazy. You're. you're you're the, you're the worst city in California, Sacramento, uh, according to Joel. <laughs> um, no, no, we we're we're fine with Sacramento. We just really want the Sonics, and I'm right there with you, Joel. Um, that's that's really what it is. That's what it is. Yeah, it's really what it boils down to. But Jawan, your thoughts on on the Bulls matching uh, the offer for Levine? I like it. I still think he has a high upside. Um, and obviously I think they've overpaid him a little bit too much. Uh, but I do think he can be a really good, really, really, really good player for that team. Uh, and I think he can, I think he can help like the, the whole rebuild that the Bulls are obviously going through. I think he's going to be a centerpiece. I like him a lot. He can score the ball. He attacks the rim. Uh, and he just he has a really high motor. I really, really, really liked him in uh, in Minnesota. Uh, I also like that after the slam dunk contest, you kind of saw a different player uh, than he was before slam <laughs> dunk contest. Uh, and he even made the statement that he wants to be a better uh, player. He doesn't want to be known as the guy who can just like dunk really well. Uh, right. And it and he showed he shows. Uh, he looks like he's putting in a lot of work and he's trying to become a better player. And I'm not saying he's like an all-star or anything, but I, I am a huge fan of Zach Levine. Uh, they did overpay him a little bit too much, but I'm glad he's staying in Chicago because uh, I like for them to have a player like that that they can re, uh, rebuild with. Really quickly, um, if you're – before we move on, if you're Minnesota, are you kind of kicking yourself that you elected to trade Levine instead of Wiggins? Jawan? <laughs> Uh, no. No, no? only okay. because Wiggins on a bad day can still get you 22. Uh, I don't, I haven't consistently seen that from Levine. I've seen Wiggins play some really big games. Uh, his, his, his only issue I mean, is that he doesn't have a high Levine, He doesn't seem like he's yeah, but look, I've, I've seen Levine have like back-to-back 40-point games, dude. Like this is, mind you, I think this was before his ACL tear. So I think that had a lot to do with, you know that 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 sort of reason, but like he can mm-hmm. get you buckets. Like that's something Levine no, has, no, no. has. Don't don't get me wrong. That's why I was saying I'm a huge fan of his. But you're talking and again, size does matter in in basketball. Sure. Wiggins, yeah. Wiggins, 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 his height, six inches, on being him. able to right, being able maybe to, not quite uh, six, shoot but. the way Wiggins could. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I just I don't know. I look Wiggins at Wiggins isn't a, I, go, I think Levine's a better shooter though. I mean, I, I feel uh, like at least wise, numbers wise, yeah. Yeah, numbers wise, probably because you also have to remember, look, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't uh, throw up as many shots as Wiggins, uh, Wiggins does. So I, I think he's. I don't think so. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't because remember, think about before before Jimmy Butler, it was only 
Wiggins and pretty much Carl Anthony Towns. And we know yeah. for whatever odd reason, Tom Thibodeau would rather go to Wiggins than Carl Anthony Towns. We've just seen that. Um, so I think he, I think he definitely uh, puts up more shots. I think Zach, because again, Zach attacks the basket a lot more than Wiggins does. Uh, right. so I think that the numbers kind of work in, in the favor of, of Levine more so than it does Wiggins. Wiggins shoots way too much and is less aggressive drive. Yeah. yeah, he definitely shoots too much. Same question, Joel. If you're if if you're in the position of the Timberwolves, would you would you rather have Levine at like you know at I guess right around twenty million dollars a season over the next four years, or would you rather have Wiggins on a on a rookie max salary? over the next five, um, given the, the talent that you have, the rest of the talent that you have on that team? Uh, I think I side with, uh, with Juwan on this because, like, gotcha. I, I just, I'd rather just keep Wiggins. Uh, again, I'm not sure. Levine's <laughs> a 20 mil guy. Uh, I, I think Wiggins at best could be a 20 mil guy. I'm not sure he is either, but I well, still Wiggins think he's more upside for like, Wiggins. Wiggins is going to be making, like, 25 next year and then, like, yeah. crazy up from that amount. Like, he's on a max deal. Yeah. He's he's getting paid yeah. Joel and Bede money. Like, <laughs> it's <Yeesh>. ridiculous. <laughs> that is true. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I still have to say, like, in my opinion, I'll, I'll probably stick with Wiggins. Uh, I like Levine. I do. I just – and I like him in Chicago. I think it's a great spot to be in. I just don't think he – I still have to give the edge the way he was just slightly, sure. in my opinion. Yeah. I, I just wonder, like, because we've all discussed how Wiggins and, and Butler's games offensively are so similar. I think um, – yeah, yeah, and obviously on the defensive end, they're, like, totally different because, you know, Jimmy Butler is one of the best defenders in the league and Andrew Wiggins is just, like – non-existent on defense, which is really inexplicable <laughs> because he has all the tools to be good at defense. It's just like, it's like he doesn't right. either doesn't care or just, you know, maybe he just doesn't have a high basketball IQ. So he can't, um, he can't make those anticipatory moves um, that you need to, to have as a good defender. But nevertheless, Levine is definitely not known for his defense either, but at least he's more of a floor spacer and, you know, he's, his offensive game, I think, would would balance with Butler's a little more, and like I think he would. You wouldn't hear this like, you know, Zach Levine is not happy with his role on the Timberwolves because he doesn't feel like he's getting enough, you know, attempts or you know anything like that. So, um, well, but I mean, anyway, uh, by the way, real quick, Juwan, and I'll pass back yeah. to you. Um, Wiggins does uh, does shoot more, uh, but not by much. He shot uh, he attempted 15.9 attempts per game uh, last season to Levine's 14.8. So it's about a difference of one. And their final year in Minnesota together, um, Wiggins attempted 19 to Zach Levine's 15. So yeah, kind of you know pretty close, but but yeah, Wiggins Wiggins does shoot. Um, <laughs> does shoot a little bit more, um, and as far as three point percentage, uh, Levine is definitely better um, from deep. He had kind of a down year last year, only about shot thirty four percent, but Wiggins only shot thirty three percent. So, um, yeah. so Levine is, is right. definitely has more range. But anyway, um, you were gonna say something. 
Oh, no, no. I was just going to add really quickly before we moved on that I think if Wiggins uh, cared more about the game, uh, then I, I don't think the – I don't think your question then is, is, is as easy as it is uh, knowing that Wiggins doesn't seem like he gives his all to the game the, the way that Levine does. Well, I but would, I would had, say this. I think uh, my question would be easy because you would obviously rather have Wiggins – if he if he seemed to give a shit, <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Oh, um, right, right. But but the fact that he doesn't, and you you know Zach Levine does, and at it in you know with that, the fact that Zach Levine is making considerable less money, and added in with that that Levine offers a better offensive counterpart to you know Butler and Towns than Wiggins. So that's all I was kind of getting at. I, I would also. I would also say if you were Minnesota, you probably wouldn't have had to give up Chris Dunn either. Not that you really need Chris Dunn, um, but if you had just given Wiggins and the number seven pick for Butler and the number 16 pick, you probably could have pulled that off. So, I don't know, just food for thought. But, uh, you know, um, let's let's move on, though, because we got a lot more to cover. Uh, another restricted free agency deal. Kyle Anderson agreed to a four-year, $37 million deal with Memphis and San Antonio, to no surprise by should be anybody, has elected not to match that deal. So Kyle Anderson will be in Memphis. I love this deal for Memphis. Kyle Anderson played really well last season, and essentially they're using you know their um, – their player exception um, to to offer Kyle Anderson this contract, and it makes sense to me. They really, really need a starting wing. Chandler Parsons is a fucking bum, and we all know it. <laughs> and <laughs> you know what? Instead of hating on Kyle Lowry, uh, Jawan, and 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 hating on Sacramento, Joel, we should just all come together and all hate on Chandler Parsons because it's just so easy. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, it, and not to mention, even if Parsons does, you know, does kind of pull things together and has a reasonably good year, we all know a lot of this has to do with injury. He's just He's been banged up time and time and time again. And for whatever reason, teams are still, like, doling out the money to him. But – essentially, like, he's not a three. In today's NBA, he's a stretch four. So you, you, they just didn't have anybody who kind of fit the bill of, you know, a, a, a starting wing player. So I thought, you know, getting a guy like Kyle Anderson who, you know, played really well last year. He he had to play big minutes in the absence of Kawhi Leonard. and He was, he was the starter for San Antonio for the majority of the season. Played really well. Um, there's always the fear that it's kind of the same thing with Boston that, you know, uh, if you go out and you sign one of their players, they're not going to work as well because they're not in that system anymore. But I think it's worth, I think it's worth the gamble for Memphis because they want to compete now. Getting Kyle Anderson seems to be like a smart move to fill out the rest of that lineup. And, I mean, it's just it's just something that they really, really needed. So I like it. I think it's a good deal, and I think it's smart for San Antonio not to match it. Like, you don't want to tie up your money in Kyle Anderson. Um, 
like you you would rather have your money you know set aside for for other things uh, i i i would say you know uh a Kawhi Leonard contract extension though you know we all pretty much don't think that's happening now <laughs> um but regardless like i would still i would let Kyle Anderson walk because if you trade Kawhi, you're probably going to get back somebody who plays that position uh, in whatever deal you 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 know go through with, and you are um, you 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 re-signed Rudy Gay and you still have Ginobili. You just brought in Marco Bellinelli. Like you just don't need him. So, but anyway, uh, Joel, what were your thoughts on the Kyle Anderson deal for Memphis? Kyle Anderson, San Antonio, whatever. I like it. I like it. Like you just, like you just kind of said, I uh, I kind of agree. I, I think he works there. I think it's a great signing for them, considering um, that's going to be a hard place to get people. Um, mm-hmm. And they're kind of they're kind of stuck in like limbo with their two vets that they're paying this extreme amount of money to, and then a whole bunch of young, not quite ready prospects, but this season they got, they went and they drafted Jaron Jackson Jr. He looks really good. And then they go yes, and sign Kyle Anderson, who's a nice, versatile glue guy, because that's kind of what he is. And I think he'll even start yeah. on this team. Um, oh, yeah. Because he's, he, he's right, you know, he, he's kind of like that other uh, Boris D.L. type. You know, he can play multiple positions. He can pass. He can shoot. He can defend. He can, he can do a little bit of everything, but he can never, he never quite found a, his niche in San Antonio. And we know Pop liked him and used him a lot. But he can never, like, just crack the rotation as a starter 100% of the time. But I think he can in Memphis. Well, I mean, he's playing behind Kawhi Memphis. Leonard. <laughs> yeah, but Kawhi like, was hurt most of his season. And he I'm was sorry? barely – I mean, he started some game. Well, Kawhi was barely playing this season. He still wasn't 100% the starter there. He in, was in the Santa starter Santa. for most of this season. Like, he had his moments, yes. But yeah, at the end of the day, the, they fucking went stopped. with Patty Mills. And Danny Green. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Pop yeah, that's that right. They did play lot. Danny Green at the three a, a good a good bit. You're right about that. They switched it up a so. lot. I mean, I mean, I get it. I'm not going to complain that Pop did not stick to one specific lineup most of the time. Right. Um, because he he just he was just trying different things. So yeah, Kyle did start for a, a little bit there, but it wasn't 100 percent certain. And like okay, you said, they I just brought it up. He he started 67 games. So that's like the majority of the games. So, I mean, he started most of them. Yeah. 26.7. Right. I get you. No, and you look, I like him. I think he'll start in Memphis. I think that's a good signing for them. And like you said, I don't know if I'm going to waste the money to keep him in San Antonio. Yeah, they have other things to worry about. They just lost Tony Parker. Right. Ginobili, is he coming back? Is he not? Did he say he was coming back? I forget. Um, What Uh, are they going to do with Kawhi? Yeah, I mean, whatever they get from for Kawhi, will they? Will that person be a starter? Or you got to fit them into the rotation. There's a lot of question marks, and uh, let Kyle walk. I mean, he had a good run there, and yeah. do his thing in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Jawan, your thoughts on the Anderson signing for Memphis? Slow move. Um, well, first of all, I want to point out I have no hatred towards Chandler Parsons. Uh, anybody <laughs> that can do that can do can you take franchise? Kyle Lowry but not Chandler Parsons? No. Sorry, sorry. Anyone that can do two franchises into two big contracts, I can only respect <laughs> that guy. 
that is the the most lethal that, form that of one sex. All-star game. Yeah, yeah. That is was the most probably when he was in Houston I've too. It was when he was yeah, in Houston. Yeah. Uh, I, I he actually was really good in Houston. I was just about he, to say, I think he, I think he was um, he was a system guy. I think what Mikhail was running, uh, he just fit it really well. And then once yeah. he left it, that on top of injuries, because uh, right. we put a lot of expectations on Chandler because he looks really good in Houston. We thought, oh, okay, he could be something, you know, uh, on, on his own. But he just proved that he yeah. And I gotta say, which isn't a bad when Dallas when Dallas signed him to that. Well, I mean, it was like a three year forty seven million dollar contract or whatever it was. Um, so essentially, like fifteen million a year ish over three years. I was like, not bad. I like it. I think it'll work. Yeah. And then, but when Memphis signed him, time. A egregious deal. I was like, bro, what the fuck are y'all thinking? Like, <laughs> wow, yeah, I don't but know. But anyway. To, to Anderson, I just wanted to point out that uh, Chandler Parsons, I think his biggest downfall is the fact that he was a system guy trying to be a, uh, a superstar. And, and injuries. You're not. Uh, and yeah. injuries, yes. I think he could have, without injuries, been a serviceable <laughs> player at, at best. Um, but as far as Anderson, it's a good signing for the Grizzlies. Uh, I don't know why the Spurs were willing to let him go, uh, but it seems like they're willing to let a lot of people go. Um, you had Tony Parker just tell There's no fuck, man. They don't gone. care. And I'm pretty sure before the year's over, Kawhi will be gone because they're not going to lose him yeah. free. So it's like right. you're cleaning house. If I'm Aldridge, I'm sitting down with Pop, and I'm asking two questions. Are you retiring? And – I'm asking uh, the Spurs, like, are you guys going to really try to rebuild knowing that I, I'm I'm as old as I am and I can't go through a whole other rebuild? So if I'm the Marcus Aldridge, I'm asking those two very important questions uh, about the Spurs. But it, it's a good signing for the Grizzlies. He's definitely somebody that can help that team out in whatever they're trying to do because it's like they're trying to rebuild but still win now because it's have to solve. So only Lord knows what they actually want to do. The Spurs uh, are. Go ahead, I'm sorry. The Spurs are one team where, like, I even w- with the, the, them moving Kawhi, the, I, it's just hard for me to see them actually rebuild. As long as he got pop, it's hard to say rebuild. You got enough yeah. best yeah. on the team, he'll make a playoff run. You know. <laughs> no, yeah. I agree with you on that. My issue was uh, with everything that was going on with Pop. How much longer do we see him coaching? Yeah. So, so it's like yeah. if I'm Lamarcus Aldridge and. Let's say Pop retires in two years or a year, and Kawhi's gone. I don't really see any huge free agents knocking knocking down the door to go to Sac. I mean, no. to go to San Antonio. No. Even with Pop, even with Pop. There. So it's right, like right. if I'm Lamarcus Aldridge, but at least I with Pop, you're, you're going to be relevant. Right. Least. Yeah. No. 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 I understand that. I'm not saying the right. Spurs won't be a player no, 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 or anything like that. I just definitely I see a rebuild on their horizon, and if I'm Lamarcus Aldridge. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think if they, if they elect to rebuild, they're de- they'll definitely trade Aldridge. Like, there there will be, like, let's say it's next season, there will be enough teams that would be interested in dumping For sure. one of those really, really bad 2016 contracts that would then be expiring in a draft pick for LaMarcus Aldridge. Because, I mean, the season he had last year, I mean, he had an all-NBA season. So, but, I mean, I don't but know. That's it, what I'm it, saying. It, that all depends on Pop. But that's what I'm saying. That if 
and this all, like you just said, depends on Pop, but if Pop is looking to leave as the Spurs, I want to know that because everything you just said about LaMarcus Aldridge is why if Pop's not going to stick around long term, I kind of want to move LaMarcus Aldridge now when his value is at the highest. Because yeah. everything you just said he did last season, this is the time to move him. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, let people know how, how great he is to be, you know, to be coached. You know, look at the season he just had. He led the team without Kawhi, uh, even though it was more so a pop coaching job. But LaMarcus Aldridge definitely carried his weight. This is the moment where you want to trade him. You don't want him to start the season. He looks kind of bad, and now teams are like, ah, you're going to have to take, like, <laughs> a few of these bad contracts off of me for me to take that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because he is getting yeah. up there in age, and he is a bigger guy. So it's like those wheels are going to start to, to, to run a little slower uh, in, the, in the not too distant future. So this would be the perfect time to trade him if you sense the rebuild is coming and pops definitely on his way out. Yeah, I mean it, it's I I don't know I honestly I kind of think even if even if Pop retires say let's say you know a year from now I mean I I think you'll just have one of those assistants get the job and it'll just be business as yeah. usual and you'll just like I don't see them going full rebuild I just don't see it happening um, the San Antonio just has too much pride for that like I I could see it happening in you know if, if they try to still stay competitive and without pop they you know fall off and they become you know like a like a ninth tenth eleventh seed you know and they're trying like then maybe I could see them being like all right we got to rebuild but it, it's it's a lot of questions up in the air but anyway let's move on um uh so uh, we've kind of briefly mentioned this uh Tony Parker agreed to a two year ten million dollar deal with the Charlotte Hornets. And I am, I'm not really surprised. I mean, the Spurs, they just don't need a point guard. They have DeJounte Murray. They signed Patty Mills to that big deal, which I think they're kind of regretting now because I would much rather have Tony Parker as my backup at $10 million over two years than Patty Mills, you know, at like, what, I think he's at like $12 million a year, somewhere in that range over the next three years. So, I mean, that, that that's probably – probably that that wasn't the best deal in hindsight um but they also have Derek White who's kind of been showing out this year in summer league so you know he does and I have no doubt like I mean y'all remember DeJounte Murray did almost nothing his first year in San Antonio it was last year his second year where he was like it was like damn dude DeJounte Murray is pretty fucking good and I think we're going to see something similar with Derek White this year um but Nevertheless, uh, they, they just didn't really have room for him. I think they would have brought him back on a vet minimum one-year deal to, you know, just as, as you know, a, a locker room guy, you know, type of situation. But I, it doesn't surprise me. And if you're Tony Parker, like, you know, I mean, you want to play. Like, and at least in Charlotte, you know, two things. You're either going to be the backup to Kimball Walker, or if they trade Kimball Walker, you could find yourself being the starter. So it makes sense to me, both for the Spurs for, and for Tony Parker, and honestly for Charlotte. Like That gives them the security that if they move Kimball Walker, they have a guy who they can you know play as their starter for the next this next season, um, and and you know see kind of see what happens there. So I, I like the deal. I think it's smart. Um, 
and you know, I, I think Tony Parker will will you know be a pretty good pretty good fit in Charlotte. I mean, whether it's as a backup or if they trade Kimba, um, Joel, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't know if I say I like it. I was more shocked. I was not. I figured Tony would retire as per. I just never thought that they would happen where he'd actually leave. Um, but he, his role was completely diminished. He's definitely got supplanted as a starter. Um, and I get it. I mean, he's older now. He, he's more or less a, a veteran backup, and that's kind of where he is. And, I mean, that's probably where he's better. His best usage would be there more so than a starter. And for me, Charlotte doing that and picking him up is more or less saying that they're going to try this season, unless, of course, they start abysmally again, which is quite possible it is the Charlotte Hornets. But, um, I do believe Charlotte's going to at least try to make an attempt to, to, to make the playoffs again this year, even though they should probably definitely look in the way of, of rebuilding, especially with Kemba coming up. Maybe they're just going to play it out until he expires, which would be stupid. They should try to trade him to get something back in return. Um, but, hey, look, they, they got themselves a good veteran backup point guard. At the very least, Tony Parker is going to be a very good locker room guy. He gets to play with Nicholas Batum again, the French connection, uh, back together. Yeah, don't, and, don't tell Kawhi that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he'll be a lot better locker room guy than, than, than Kawhi might think. Um, I don't know. Kawhi is the one that always looks bad in the end to me because the, the, the Mr. Quiet is too quiet at this point. And he needs to open yeah. his mouth so we can get some answers. But Tony Parker, at the very least, talks. So I'll take I'll take his word for it. If he wants to leave, he thought that's the best move for him. Welcome to the East and welcome to Charlotte. And good luck making the playoffs. <laughs> it is the East. Yeah. Yeah. I, I fool, me, fool me once. Uh, you know, you can't get fooled again, um, in, in the words of <laughs> George W. Um, but, like, Dude, like I, I'm just I'm not betting on Charlotte this year. I, I'm just no. I'm not betting on them to make the playoffs. I'm I'm done. I'm, I'm done with. I think I've done it the last two years, and because they made I the did. playoffs three years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's Full just gold, like, man, fucking Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, right. Uh, but uh, Juwan, what did you think of of Parker signing with Charlotte? Then it was purely a money grab. Uh, then obviously Charlotte was willing to give him the money off of the off of his name, and San Antonio was like, "Yeah, sure, get a on his way out Tony Parker and pay him ridiculous money <laughs> for the next two years." Sure, That's uh, ten million dollars over two years. It's not ridiculous money for Tony Five Parker. Yeah, for Tony that's, Parker? Not, that's not ridiculous for a backup point guard. You don't have a backup point guard. It's a bargain. If you, you had Michael Carter Williams last year, bro. The reason, the reason <laughs> that's Tony Parker, even in me. year eighteen, is a huge upgrade from Michael Carter fucking Williams. The reason it's ridiculous Badly. money to me is the Spurs didn't even want to match it, and like you just said, it's not that much. So the Spurs were like, "Nah, we're good." That means that it was way too much for even the Spurs to want to pay. So that's why, to me, it's a ridiculous amount. If the Spurs wanted to keep a homer, then... I think it's yeah, more than money. I think it's role, Yeah, too. I think he wants to play. I think his play. role is diminished. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. I think he wants to play. And he's just not going to get minutes on the Spurs. And they wanted him as a... 
Yeah, but like not like he, he was. See the writing on the wall. Yeah, he could see the writing on the wall. I mean, there's there's two young up and coming point guards on that team. They already so, have but, uh, their vet backup and Patty Mills, who you know they're not going to be able to move. So I don't know, man. My question I, I, then I agree is, with Joel. If you went to Charlotte because you wanted, I don't question Tony going to Charlotte. I get that. I'm saying okay. as a I, I only see it as a money grab. I'm sorry. I only see it as that only because Kimba, Kimba wasn't traded. And until he is, you would, you're would you going to have pretty much the same role you had uh, in San Antonio. Except, Except now there's only one other point the guard. There's only yeah, one other point guard. In, yeah, but, like, I, you're, you're not having to try to fight to get minutes versus over three point guards. You're only having to get minutes over, uh, you know, behind one. So, I, I don't know. I, I think he'll get more minutes in Charlotte than he would have in San Antonio. I don't think they had an interest in bringing him back um, to play him. I think they just wanted to keep him because, you know, mentor. kind of be a lifelong spur and mentor and, you know, all that. But, um, but like, the thing is, I, I don't know. I, I think it's I, – I like it just because, you know – for all the reasons I said, but and it doesn't to me it doesn't diminish anything like like Tony Parker is going to have his jersey retired in San Antonio when he when he retires like his his jersey will be up there with Robinson's sure. and Duncan's and Ginobili's like I mean he's was such a quintessential player I mean there were at least I would say two maybe three seasons where Tony Parker was the best player on that team like you know right man, right yeah. around. Yeah, right around the time that Duncan started to kind of start his 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 decline, and before Kawhi ascended, like Tony Parker was the man. So, God but he's not leading in field goal percentage. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's no, and the crazy thing is too, like, like he he's just crafty, man. He, he he doesn't have that anymore. I mean, he's still smart, but man, he just the way he could finagle around the rim and 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 you know, drop drop a, a floater or, or a layup or anything. Like, it, it was impressive. But I, I kind of get where you're coming from, Jawan. I mean, he definitely, like, I, I definitely think that, you know, he he wanted to get paid, you know, what he thought he was worth. And I think about $5 million a year is about what Tony Parker's worth if you need a backup point guard. And Charlotte was right. the team that needed a backup point guard. And and yeah. like I said, insurance in case you trade Timba. So, right, right. But. Yeah, no, I'm I'm only speaking on legit what they have on their roster right now, and you definitely be coming off the bench. Uh, yeah, Kimba, till they get rid of Kimba. Well, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So it's like I mean I don't know because I look at it and I'm like he didn't leave for a starting see. job. Well, no, we all think that Kim is going to get traded. So I think that was one of the one of the things that Charlotte mentioned. Let me say, let me I ask mean, this, Jawan. Possibly get a starting job. <laughs> let, let me ask you this, Jawan. Would you have been Would you have been higher on uh, a Tony Parker move, say, if he had gone to a team like Phoenix, where he Ugh, did have the opportunity that's... to be a starter? Yes. I can see that because, like, if you put Tony Parker, uh, Devin Booker, uh, Trevor Ariza, whoever you're going to play at the four, whether it's Josh Jackson or maybe play Trevor Ariza at the four and Josh Jackson at the three, and then and then um, 
uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton, like that would that would be interesting, and I I could see that because Phoenix Phoenix certainly has the cap space that they could have offered him, you know, the same deal. Um, so I you know I could see that, or even a team like Orlando, um, I. I mean, still I probably just, would play DJ Augustine above him um, at this point in Tony Parker's career, but I mean, he he would at least have the opportunity to compete for the starting job against a guy like DJ Augustine, whereas you know there is no doubt he's playing behind Kimba Walker. I just I, I look at it and I go, okay, obviously the Hornets don't have much uh, to make them a playoff team. I just I look at it and there's nothing wrong with it. I think he just went to the East. He went to the the Hornets just because they were willing to pay him uh, that amount of money that it didn't look like many other people were were looking to pay him. So I mean, sure. there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, at that age, on your way out, why not go somewhere that's willing to pay you uh, five mil a year when it looks like no one else, including your home team, is looking to pay you? I, I wasn't saying right. it as if it was a knock. I was saying it to where it was like. That's smart. Go out there and at your age, go somewhere that'll pay you uh, as much money as you think you're worth, and there's no expectations. Well, and I think I think too, like you can get 16 minutes a game. Like I feel like you're almost guaranteed. Yeah, you can play. I don't think I don't think anywhere Tony Parker would have went, he wouldn't have had any playing time. So I don't think playing time uh, was something he was going to have to struggle for, unless like you guys are saying. I guess I didn't really watch that many San Antonio games, but you guys are saying they were playing Patty over over him. So I mean, I don't think that's started Patty, bro. He started. <laughs> yeah, for a while I, until Deshaun Murray took over. I didn't watch that many. I didn't watch. Yeah, they played him together. Uh, San Antonio games. Um, but yeah, so I think anywhere else that he went, that was desperate for a point guard, just a point guard. Period. Uh, he would have gotten playing time. So I don't think that was a big big issue. I think. The biggest thing was getting paid what you thought you were uh, you thought you were worth, and I think Charlotte was uh, was able to uh, do that for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just pulled it up. He did average nineteen point five minutes last year, so he got it. He got minutes on the Spurs. Like let's. But I, I, again, I do want to reiterate. Um, Derek White is going. I I think they're interested in giving a lot of minutes to, to, you know, leftover minutes to Derek White um, this they season. They drafted another guard, they, didn't they? Uh, they drafted Lonnie Walker, who's, who's more of a two. Um, and DeJounte Murray can play yeah. both one and two. Um, and really, Derek White can, too. Derek White's like 6'6", six, six, so he can he yeah, play the two. Yeah. So, you know, they got a lot of guard versatility there. Um, so I think that probably... And I think those two young guards play. last year, too, a lot. I forget the Bryn. They had weird names. Oh, Paul, <laughs> I can't Brandon Paul. Yeah, Brent, yeah. And they played those uh, guys a lot too. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Bertans, he's he's more of like a like a three and four. Not Bertans. Um, it, was, it was Paul and someone oh. else. Can't remember his name. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm blanking out on on who I'm blanking. It was. I'm blanking. I think they're freezing yeah. now. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, let's let's uh, let's move on to um. You know, another another kind of interesting thing uh, as far as Charlotte is concerned, they uh, pulled off a three-way trade uh, where they acquired Bismack Biombo, uh, Chicago 
acquired Julian Stone, and Orlando acquired Timothy Mozgov and Jerrion Grant. I, I, I'll just ask y'all first. Joanne, what are your thoughts on this trade? On Beyond, where did Beyond go again? Did he go to the Charlotte? The, he went to Charlotte. I like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like Beyond. And two uh, second rounders, right? I mean, he's better. He's better than Mozgov. Oh, they got two two seconds out of the deal. I think so. I wasn't aware of that. I know they got two seconds for acquiring Mozgov. I believe they right. also got two seconds for it, but I can check. I'll look. I'm not really okay. sure. Yeah, but, uh, but anyway, Bionbo, yeah. yeah, no, I, I like Bianco. He's somebody that can be a, a rim protector for them, especially losing out on Dwight Howard, who, again, I just want to reiterate for everyone. I'm losing out. They just Dwight him Howard. Away. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, they traded them away. You're right. Um, no, but what I was saying is uh, to everyone who thought Dwight Howard wasn't that good of a player, he was he was pretty good last year uh, mm. for Charlotte. It just didn't it, necessarily he had translate to win. Um, but right. he had numbers. Uh, yes. So it depends on how you look at it. If you look at it, say you don't think he's good because it didn't translate to win, sure. But he did put up really good numbers, uh, especially at an age to where you kind of expect guys like that to start slowing down uh, a good amount. He put up pretty decent numbers. Um, but, yeah, Biyombo somebody can come in, uh, rim protect, play, play pretty good defense, help that team out uh, at least on, on the board. Uh, so it's not a bad deal. And you get out of Mozgov. Uh, Mozgov, I'm sorry. And I think that's always a good thing if you can get out of a guy like that who I don't think is really helping anything. Right. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. The weird thing to me about this whole, all of these deals that they pulled off, essentially, and ending up with Bismack Giambo, I don't, I don't dislike, like, swapping out it's just player for player, like Biombo for Howard. Um, like, uh, I think Biombo just never really fit into the system that they had in Orlando with Frank Vogel, which is weird because he's normally, like, really good with bigs. I mean, he, he Roy Hibbert played the absolute best basketball of his career under Frank Vogel. Yeah, all um, star. Shit. But oh yeah, yeah. We remember. I mean, oh, we we yeah. we remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, but the thing is that the weirdest thing for me is this: is they they I agree with you, Joel. Like with the Tony Parker signing and the fact that they moved Mozgov to get Biombo in, like it it smells like they're trying. They're gonna they're gonna play out at least the try. first half of the season. Yeah, and see mm-hmm. where they are, and then maybe trade Walker at the deadline if they're not, you know, performing well. But the the weirdest thing for me about all of this is Dwight Howard was an expiring contract, and Bismarck Biombo has $17 million next season. So if you do exactly. want to bring back Kimba Walker, man, you're you're looking at, at luxury tax territory, whereas if you had just kept Dwight Howard – you know, you. I mean, you could have essentially just bought him out and and let him go to Washington and carried on with Cody Zeller as your starting center. I mean, I don't see that much difference between. In fact, I would still think Cody Zeller. I would probably he's hurt a lot, but I would probably still play Cody Zeller above Bismack Biombo unless Biombo kind of recaptures, you know, his that you know playoff run that he had in Toronto that netted him that huge yeah. contract. 
He looks but I'm not holding my breath for that. <laughs> so that's, that's I don't know. It's just weird to me. Like if you if you were really angling to keep Kemba Walker, I don't know. Like I would think you would want that expiring contract of Dwight Howard, um, or at least like I said, you you would want. If you really didn't want Dwight Howard, you would have just cut him or bought him out or whatever. And you you have. You have Cody Zeller, and you have Willie Hernan Gomez, who you just traded for last year. So, mm-hmm. man, I don't he know, man. In the, I, in the summer league, too. Yeah, and, like, I just – I don't know. I just don't get it. I, I, like, if I was a Charlotte fan, I would be probably more upset than I am as a Hawks fan mad. with my Hawks. Um, yeah, mad, like, yeah. It, it just it they did, doesn't they did make get sense. Two second round picks with, with him. They did. They did two get two round. second round picks, and that's you know that there's something to be said for that. But you know, I would rather have the cap space and the ability to re-sign Kemba next year without going into the luxury tax. Or yeah. if I if I did oh, make these moves, I would be looking to move <laughs> Kemba Walker to whoever I could. You know, whether it be right. the Magic or the Suns, like anybody who needs a starting point guard, or maybe anybody maybe. who needs an, upgr- an upgrade at point guard, because Kimba's easily a top ten point guard. So That'll there be a are... trade deadline discussion. We'll be back. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think you're right. I, I don't think it's going to happen this offseason. I think it should. Um, I don't think I, so I totally, if, if I was them, I would totally explore – um, trading Kemba for like Brandon Knight and seeing what draft picks I could get out of the Suns. Like, you know, I mean, I just, that just makes so much sense to me. But hey, like, it is what it is. Uh, but anyway, um, Joel, just, you know, I guess briefly, you're, you're, um, anything you want to add to this before we move on? No, I mean, I think you got most of it. I mean, I like the. I mean, it was a three. It was a three-way trade. I like I told you guys before. I think Charlotte's gonna try. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be a work. I don't think it's gonna work. I just think all right. their moves kind of smells like they're gonna attempt to try to make the playoffs. And if things right. fall through, they're just gonna end up say, "Fuck it, we'll blow it up and we'll trade." their best assets by deadline and see, and just try to start over. I forgot. I don't even remember who they just hired. Uh, as their new coach, I, I completely forgot who their new coach is. Um, um I me too. I completely, I, I, I know Clifford, <laughs> their old coach went to Orlando. Um, Correct. But I don't, yeah, but I don't, I don't remember who they hired. I know Mitch Kupchak is their GM, and I haven't true. trusted Mitch Kupchak since he he signed Lou Dang and Timothy Moskov <laughs> to those horrible fucking you, deals. I question you, Jordan. Come on, Jordan. What was that? What kind of signing was it? <laughs> anyway, uh, um, uh, what was it? Damn, I can't think. Um, oh, yeah, Orlando. Orlando did get Jan Grant, and yes. they got people fans like love in that deal. I did, too. I was telling Jawan the other day, I'm like, that's a good move. I still like Jaron Grant. We did draft Jaron Grant. I think there's still some upside with that kid. He, at, least he, at the very least, he'll probably be a really good backup. Uh, I think there's something there. Uh, he'll definitely probably start over DJ Augustine in Orlando, uh, and I think sh- Chicago got cap space because they're just gonna they're just gonna wave. Um, what's his name? Right. Uh, can't remember his name. Julian. 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 Yeah, Julian. So they, I think he already got waived. If it's that quick. It's just cap space for them. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, how I, I did. It's all good. Yeah, I did like them picking up Jerry and Grant. I think they're going to roll with DJ Augustine as their starter and and just play um, Grant as, and use Grant as their backup, which that makes sense. Uh, Sheldon Mack has, and I don't know, this may have already happened. Um, it's hard to keep everything straight. Um, but Sheldon Mack has like a, a million-dollar buyout. He's like $6 million a year over the next two years, but they can buy him did. out at any time for a million, did they? So that makes sense. I like I would so. not keep Shelvin Mack for $6 million when I could buy him out for one. Um, exactly. So bringing in a guy like Jerry and Graham makes absolute sense as far as, you know, them. And you know what? It's like we're, we're we have Vucevic. We just drafted Bamba. Like Diombo's not going to play. We might as well take Mozgov. Like it, it, you know, it makes sense for Orlando. I actually like this deal most for Orlando. Um, just because they really needed a backup point guard. And Jerry Grant, you know, he he's had flashes of, of good play in, in Chicago, you know, so I think that's good mm-hmm. for them. Uh, but let's let's uh, move on to uh, some of the other signings around the league. Uh, let's start with the Pacers. Tyreek Evans agreed to a one-year, $12 million deal. Uh, Doug McDermott agreed to a three-year, $22 million deal, which is fucking crazy to me. Uh, and Kyle Quinn mm-hmm. agreed to a one-year, $4.5 million deal, all of these with the Pacers. Joel, what are your thoughts on – no, you know what, Jawan, I'm going I'm to give you the floor in this one because I think you've got some things to say about the Kyle Quinn uh, signing. Uh, but feel free to touch base <laughs> on Tyreek Evans and Doug McDermott as well. Um, well first of all, I love this for the Pacers. Uh, I think these are great additions to a team that we think is on the rise uh, anyway. What I do not like is Kyle O'Quinn saying he he will enjoy playing for a team that is not looking for a lottery pick. What did he say exactly, Joel? Because I'm paraphrasing. I mean, that's basically what he said. He'd that's rather not go chasing rings, chasing picks, and he'd rather, you know, compete. Basically. Yeah, so uh, uh, I, I didn't really I, didn't I mean, really like that. To be fair, Y'all, y'all, y'all weren't chasing a lottery pick until Kristaps Porzingis got fucking injured. So, right, um, right. you know, I mean, I understand where he's coming from because Kristaps is still going to be hurt for at least the first half of next season. So maybe he sees the writing right. on the wall. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of a fucked up thing to say, though, for sure. Yeah, so uh, I'm not a huge fan of that, but I will say I love the signing of Tyreek Evans. Uh, gives them yeah. the length. Uh, the guy can score the ball. The guy is a beast. Uh, he is someone I was high on when he was coming out. Um, I saw a little bit of him in college, uh, so I was high on Tyreek Evans. My brother really got me uh, excited about him coming into the league. Um, and Judge McDermott, I like. I think Oladipo driving, uh, bringing on a double team to get Doug McDermott really open shot. Uh, I honestly think. Because if you look at the formula that um, Utah had, where it was just like let it run around Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, Rubio was there as pretty much the facilitator, but Donovan Mitchell was the guy you kind of wanted to initiate the offense. You let you let Oladipo right. initiate that offense. He can create Absolutely. space to get some of these three-point shooters wide open uh, shots. I mean, and look what just like did for with- England. And and just like Rubio, just like Rubio in Utah, like Collison and Corey Joseph both can play on and off ball. So, uh, yeah, hundred percent agree with you. 
Yeah, so I, I really like this. And O'Quinn is a really good, uh, you know, putting aside everything he just said about the Knicks, I will, you know, not I won't put any bias towards it. He is a really good uh, rebounder. Uh, he, he's pretty good at protecting the rim. Um, he doesn't really score much, but just use him defensively and, and you're getting your money's worth. Um, yeah. But I do like I do like the, the signings of O'Quinn, McDermott, and uh, Tyreek Evans. I think these I think these are sleeper moves uh, in the East that can really, really, really make the pace of the team you kind of can't ignore, uh, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, I um I really like the Tyreek Evans signing. I think getting him uh, essentially to replace Lance Stevenson is a big upgrade. Um, like Tyreek Evans played great last year for Memphis. In fact, like they had to shut him down at the end of the season because he was winning them too many games. Like they were like, "All right, Tyreek, like fucking calm down, bro. Like we're gonna sit you down and we're gonna try to trade you." And then they couldn't find any, you know, trade offers that they liked, I guess. And so, you know, essentially he just set out the rest of the season because they were tanking. But I do. I really like that deal. I think he is a sleeper candidate for sixth man of the year. I think he will definitely put up some, some good numbers. And let's not forget, like, Tyreek Evans is big. He's, I mean, he's like 6'6", but he's got like a pretty good wingspan. He can play this three. So I expect to see um, some, like, closing lineups with um, – Collison, Oladipo, Tyreek Evans, Thaddeus Young, and Miles Turner. And that's a fucking good roster right there. Like, that's impressive. Uh, and so, like I said, I mean, I expect to see him in, in much the capacity that they utilized Lance Stevenson last year. So, you know, it, 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 I like that deal a lot. Now, the other two, <laughs> here's the thing. I don't, I don't have anything against Kyle O'Quinn. My thing is this. You have Miles Turner. You have DeMontis Sabonis. Why are you using that money on another center? You have two centers already, like, who are good. Like, you don't need that. And um, I'm sure you won't – this won't mean anything to you, Juwan, but, Joel, we covered uh, last year's draft. Remember, they took Ike uh, Enigbogu, uh, and, Mm -hmm. like, he would have gone a lot higher had he not had, you know, his, his injuries. Uh, I would think that sitting out a year, I would hope that, you know, he's kind of recovered from his injuries. And and to me, it seems like you would want to get him some minutes, just where you can. But if you sign Kyle Quinn, where is he going to fit in? He's not going to get any minutes. So, you know, that part of it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. And I like Doug McDermott. I, I like his fit for them. I just don't like the contract. I think – I think that is a gross overpay. Um, and, and, you know, we're seeing this. We talked about it uh, um, last Saturday, Juwan, as it pertained to Utah. These small market teams are just overpaying um, for, for these guys because they kind of have to. And I think that's the case with Doug McDermott. Like, I think he'll fit great there. I really do. But – is who the hell was knocking down his door to pay him $22 million over three years? I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. Like, uh, over $7 million a year for Doug McDermott, I'm thinking more like $4 million a year for Doug McDermott, just me personally. But, you know, maybe $7 million for one year. I, I, I'd probably do that. But, you know, 22 mil over three years, no, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. But, anyway, that's 
I, I do really like the Tyreek Evans signing. Um, and hopefully Doug McDermott can prove me wrong and he can he can outplay, you know, what my expectation of what I think he will play. Um, but, Joel, your thoughts on these signings? I thought overall they were good signings. Um, they didn't really sign Kyle Quinn for much. I think it's for a year or two. They basically the same contract he had last year with us, but now he'll be playing with a playoff team instead of a struggling team. <laughs> and uh, I think that's kind of what he was trying to say. Um, I, I took no hard feelings over it. He's, it's the truth. And I think he's a little butthurt that we really didn't offer him anything better than what he got last year. But we ain't trying to look about this year. It's all about next year. He has to understand that. And he did, he wasn't willing to understand that enough for us to like, come to time for some type of terms. So he's like, fuck it, I'll go somewhere else. And Indiana ended up being that place. Whatever. Um, like you said, cool. they have other bigs. Um, uh, they just, I think, they just waved while Al Jefferson, so he'll take over Al Jefferson's role, whatever that that was at the end of the day. Um, so small, so small. Yeah, he'll take over that for five million dollars. Um, then you have McDermott. I mean, how much are they paying him? I don't even remember what the contract was. I just know it's like three years 20, or some shit like that. Yeah, twenty-two million dollars over three years, so just over seven million dollars a year. Which you know, oh, I get like, but. <laughs> Man, I just don't see anybody else making that offer. Is what I mean. Like, I feel yeah, like no, you, I get it. I feel like you could have got him for like, if you were going to give him a three-year deal, you you probably could have got him for like three years, sixteen million or fifteen million. Right. Man. I was just about to say that, like fifteen, something like that. But yes, um, it is what it is. I mean, they felt like they needed some shooting. Look, we had McDermott. I liked McDermott. He was a good greener. I mean, the dude could shoot it. He was just too streaky for me. Um, he hustled. I like that he hustled. And, I, and again, he was a little too streaky for me, but he's a good dude, the locker room dude. They have a good guy in their hand. Um, but the big signing, obviously, was Tyreek, because to me, you got an upgrade. Because Tyreek Evans was kind of struggling there for a little bit. Um, he kind of lost his way. Uh, and he found it in Memphis. <laughs> he found it back. He found a mm-hmm. shot. Everything came back to him. Tyreek Evans looked like the rookie year Tyreek Evans again. And they basically replaced uh, Lance Stevenson with a better version of himself. And I think Tyreek Evans is going to take over that six-man role, but at, he could be anything from one through three. I mean, he did play point guard his rookie year. He could still play point guard now um, mm-hmm. if they wanted him to. So Absolutely. he could even start a point guard if if, they, if it really came down to it, if something happened yeah. like it happened last year where Collison went down. So, I mean, if anything comes down to it, they have a Swiss Army knife at guard with Tyreek Evans. It's a great signing for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty much how I see it as well. I really, really like the Tyreek Evans deal. Um, and overall, I mean, I like just like you, I, I think McDermott kind of fits, fits as far as, you know, uh, having – some floor spacing and everything else, I just it's just an overpay for me. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. <laughs> he does, man. Like you know, they they like their like you know uh, white dude, like clean cut. <laughs> you know, you, you know, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like not like I the non Aaron Baines type of white dude. Like they don't want like a guy I like that it. with like crazy haircut and like a beard and shit. They want they want like a you know, like a clean-cut, college-looking, nice-strapping young man. White, that white you, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, white bread. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's perfect. Um, 
jail. <laughs> Wonder Bread. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's, yes, Wonder Bread. Um, uh, that, uh, from, from henceforth, Doug McDermott's nickname is Wonder Bread <laughs> on this show. That's got to be, man. That's got to be. All right, so I, I, like, I like Wonder Bread on this team. He's just a little overpaid. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, my dude, Fred Van Vliet, uh, just because I love saying that dude's name, he agreed to a two-year, $18 million deal with Toronto. I love it. I think it's a great, like, I think that's yep. the perfect median. Like, two two years, $9 million a year, that's about what I thought he should get. He is, you know, essentially, he's not a starter, but he's a finisher. Like, he's a closer for them. Um, they slide DeRozan over to that three, and they play him at the two. Makes total sense to me why they would want to bring him back. I'm glad they were able to... To, to reach a you know a deal that both parties could could come to, and I think nine million dollars a year is about what I would want to pay a guy like that who, you know, isn't irreplaceable, but is is certainly a, a like a main cog in that system. Um, my only hesitation would be he was a main cog in Dwayne Casey's system. Will he continue to be that same? You know, what, will his importance be diminished in, you know, a new system? And, again, I should I forget who they hired as their coach? Do you do you remember? Nick, Nick Nurse, right, some shit like that. Who was it? Nick Nurse, I think his name was. Oh, okay. Who I don't was? know who the fuck that is. That was, was, it, was it just an assistant? for doing cases. Okay. Yeah, gotcha, he was gotcha. Assistant. Okay, was so – Okay, so, yeah, chances are they'll probably keep a similar system. Um, so, you know, I guess that makes sense. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, 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 I like right. it. I, I, I think <laughs> I think he's, uh, he's, he's a solid player, and, you know, I, I definitely think that they, they really, really wanted to bring him back. Um, and, you know, he, he just kind of took over that that backup point guard role and then even got plugged into the, you know, the, um, you know, the, the, the finishing five, if you will, um, throughout the season. So I think he earned his money. Uh, I think it's the best possible, um, way like scenario of like a player who I don't even, he might've been undrafted. I'm not sure. I think he was, and, you know, just signed onto a team and, and, you know, just grinded every day and, and earned his money. So I'm, I'm happy to see him get paid, and I think it was smart for Toronto to bring him back. What are your thoughts? No, perfect signing. Uh, he was a six-man-of-the-year candidate. You can't go wrong with that signing. Uh, he was incredible last year. I mean, this dude was, like, undrafted, right? I don't believe he was drafted. Um, he made the team. I think he was on the G League team or whatever. He made the roster. He made the rotation, became the main dude off the bench. <laughs> the man earned yeah. his money, <laughs> so like give the man very, his money. Very Robert too. Covington style. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he just he did what he had to do to make it, and still young. He's now what, a three. I forget what the time it was. Three years something something. Um, yeah, I think it's good, great. Good on him. Good on him. And look, he's there even if they decide to go uh, away from one of their star guards, which it's possible right. they do down the line. I don't know if they're going to do it right away. They think they might try one more year with them together with the new coach. Now that LeBron's really, not there. 
Exactly, and now LeBron's gone, so maybe they'll try one more time. If that doesn't work, then obviously splits fill. But uh, they're going to try it now. With the I new think coach they should. Keep, keep, keep. They should. They were the best team in the East last year, you know? Right. Um, people forget that, but they should. I, and I mean, honestly, do I don't they think they do. should have fucking fired Dwayne Casey. I think had they – Coach think, of the year. <laughs> I think had they had known that LeBron was going to leave and go west, which everybody right. said, why would LeBron go to the West? Well, I mean, he just wanted to live in Los Angeles. So, like, but... We came down. Yeah, and, and, like, I think had they known that, they probably would not have fired Dwayne Casey, but... You know, I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely but, uh, right. But good on him, though. That's all. Yeah, yeah, good on him for, for bringing back Van Vliet. And I would, like, I do want to see this unit. I do want to see them, like... I would love to see, you know, them facing off against Philly or Boston in the semifinals and see how they fare against, you know, one of those teams. You know, I think, I think there's there's a good chance that they could, um, you know, make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and, you know, let's say they're playing Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, they could beat Boston. I wouldn't favor them to beat Boston, but they could beat Boston. You know, at least Boston doesn't have LeBron. And, you know, that's the thing that's always kind of crushed them. So, yeah. Uh, but let's let's move on. Uh, Avery Bradley agreed to a two-year, twenty-five million dollar deal with the Clippers. Man, this uh, I don't like this one. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, you you just drafted a shooting guard. Now, granted, you, you, Luke and I covered this. This probably, in our opinion, like the most shocking pick in the whole draft. Like, and and you know, you obviously you. Um, you know, and I and Ricky covered it live as it happened. But, like, Jerome Robinson right. was a weird pick. But, I mean, the thing <laughs> is, like, you have you have Jerome Robinson. You just drafted him. So, obviously, you drafted him at 13. So, obviously, you're high on him. You have Lou Williams. Right. You have uh, Cinderius Thornwell, who you had last year. There's another guy yeah. that's on their, on their squad who I can't remember his name, but he plays for the Williams, some shit. Yeah, I think that's something like that. Like he he played some minutes last year. You you you've got so much depth at guard. Like I don't understand why you're gonna waste money on Avery Bradley when he didn't play that well for you last year. He was hurt a lot, and like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind a one year deal, like one year, fifteen million even I'd be fine with. But like, I would not want to offer him two years. Not when, you know, not when you got, you know, some some free agents coming up next season. Not that the Clippers are, you know, a prime destination. But you know, maybe maybe you could, you know, work out getting a Chris Middleton or you know, some, or, mm-hmm. or even Kimba Walker. Like, there there are free agents that could really help your team and make you a viable Kawhi player. Leonard. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. Um, I I don't know. I don't buy into all this all this quiet talk about him wanting to go to the Clippers. I don't think it makes any fucking sense to me. And you know, with it was like two days after it was reported, like Kawhi no longer interested in the Clippers now that LeBron is you know signed with the Lakers. And then like two days later, it was like. You know, Kawhi would prefer the Clippers because he doesn't want to play with LeBron. It's like, what the fuck, dude? You you literally in two days released two separate statements that are like 
that just contradict each other. Like, is it, is, oh, is it, oh yeah, it, it, well, and it's, as we know, it's all because Kawhi won't say a goddamn thing. So, but mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, I don't like the Avery Bradley deal. I I just I it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, I I don't feel like. I don't feel like he really helped you last year. He didn't show me enough to, to warrant wanting to bring him back. And, you know, I, it, if nothing else, I know Lou Williams is like your sixth man, but when he did start last year, he was putting up 40, 50 points a game. Just start fucking Lou Williams, right? Right. No, I totally agree. Man, man, should have been an all-star last year, in my opinion, if you're asking me. Yes. I'm just saying. Uh, look, I don't understand it either. Uh, I like Avery Bradley. Uh, he struggled when he wasn't with Boston, you know. I think that's – I mean, like we talked about, like anybody that leaves Boston kind of struggles because the system's different. They're used differently. And he's really an undersized shooting guard. He's 6'3", defends well. He's athletic and shoot. So you think he should be able to translate into uh, to wins. But, you know, Detroit struggled in general. So it is just, he just didn't look good in Detroit. A lot of guys didn't look good in Detroit. Uh, that hopefully changes right. now with the case. But um, in L.A., he barely he didn't play at all. He was hurt the whole time. So maybe this is his chance right. to show show something out. So I, I get that logic. But they're overfilled at guard. Like you were just saying. Right. I mean between Teodosic they still have the rights to and Patrick Beverly and the two fucking guards that just drafted. And the two guards they were using last year from like second round or wherever they were, late first rounders or whatever they were. Yeah, uh Jawan Evans and Cinderia Thornwell. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, what the – I mean, there's a lot there to, like, sort out who's going to get – well, I mean, it's going to be a hell of a competition. I think Avery Bradley ends up starting regardless. <laughs> of course, unless they go with Lou Williams. Lou Williams would obviously be the starter. Uh, but Lou Williams has been a six-man. That's what he's won the award more than once now. Um, I, get, I think he likes it that way. I'm not sure. I mean, but it works, too, if he starts. I mean, lose the man in that team. I don't know how long he's going to be there. It's, he can easily be traded if anything doesn't, you know, work out. Um, and that's why he signed a long-term extension, because we just got tired of jumping around. Because they all everyone loves him, but not enough to keep him long-term. And that's kind of sad for him. So I'm sorry, Luke. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't get the signing either. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean – I don't know. It just it, it's it seems like a weird move. I and the the crazy thing is is like you know Jerry West is kind of known for like making these these kind of like really really smart moves and it's like I don't want to make light or anything but like is somebody not telling us something? Does he have like dementia or something that we're not hearing about because like these these moves like dropping Jerome Robinson. Over Lonnie Walker or Dante DiVincenzo or, or Michael Porter Dyer Jr. <laughs> or Michael Porter Jr. Like baffling, baffling. Like I, I just don't get it. Like I get the Shea Gilders Alexander. Like that makes perfect sense because yeah, you got a lot of guards, but you know you you don't have like future. a young future point guard. Like so, I get that right. one. But like I shit, I don't get Jerome Robinson and I don't get the Avery Bradley deal. But hey, maybe maybe it'll it, it maybe it'll end up working out and maybe Jerome Robinson is is you know a project like they see him as maybe. being really good Long two term. three years down the road. Yeah, and right. Bradley is going to be the guy who's their starter 
and they're going to just keep Lou Williams as six man. Um, I mean, we'll see how it all plays out, but it it just it seems like a waste of money. To yeah. Clippers is yeah, weird. So, I don't disagree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got three more that I really want to get to, and we can cover a couple more if we have time. But let's uh, let's we got about twenty four minutes to get to these three. We'll make it. Um, yeah, Dwight Howard agreed to a two year, eleven million dollar deal uh, with the Washington Wizards. Uh, they also signed Jeff Green uh, to a one year vet minimum deal, and this is of course mm-hmm. after Dwight Howard reached a buyout with the Brooklyn Nets after he was traded uh, for a se- second time in a year. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. uh. Anyway, <laughs> Dwight Howard, to the Wizards, along let's, – we'll get to Jeff Green. Uh, well, actually, let's, let's talk Jeff Green first because um, I think this will okay. be quick. Uh, Jeff Green, I like that. I like them bringing in Jeff Green. Uh, I think he, he makes for a – you know, reasonably good backup to Marquise Morris. He can also play some three when you need him to, but I think they'll mostly utilize him as, as backing up Morris. And, yep. uh, you know, he got a lot of minutes in Cleveland, which maybe more than what I would have given him if I had been the coach. Uh, but I think more than he expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Um but nevertheless, uh, I, I, think, I think he's a good fit. I, I, I like him. They needed somebody like him, and it just, that made a lot of sense to me. Do you kind of see that the same way with him? No, I agree. Um, I mean, the Wizards' problem for the last couple of years has been their depth, and Jeff Green's yeah. not bad. They just lost, um, uh, what's his name, Mike? Mike uh, Scott. I did Mike Scott. Mike Scott. I think well, he went to the he Clippers. He used to be in Atlanta right? Hawks. Yes, he did. I remember. Uh, yeah. Used to shit on us. Yeah, I remember Mike. Mike Scott. Um, <laughs> yeah, not a bad, not a bad dude. Uh, Jeff Green is somewhat of a role player in his life. I mean, that's what he is. He's not that great. Uh, he's got to stick to that. He's better off served as a backup. Uh, he, I think, he got forced into a bigger role in Cleveland than I think he expected, uh, and it's just hard to live up to that all the time. He's there for a couple minutes here and there good stretch forward because that's kind of what he is at this moment. Um, doesn't have the handles or really the, the, the consistent shooting to be a three. Um, so he's more of a stretch forward. That's just what he is. An athletic stretch forward. Uncle Uncle uh, Uncle Jeff, I think that's his Twitter handle. <laughs> but um, he's, good. he's good. He's not bad. I mean, Wizards needs the depth. Not a bad pickup. Yes. That, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, that's that's the biggest thing. They, they're athleticism. current yeah, their their current uh, option, well, or their former option, after losing Scott and and before picking him up, was Jason Collins, or no, Jason Smith. Jason Smith. Back of center now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and he's making like five million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, but uh, I mean he. He, he can play some garbage minutes for you, but that's about all he's good for. So, like, the yeah. fact that they were able to address that need of depth, and, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, now, Dwight Howard. I don't hate it on paper. Uh, you know what no, I mean? Like, they needed a center. They traded They traded. It's an upgrade on paper. 
Uh, yeah, on paper, it absolutely is. Like, Gortat, it, it, he obviously lost a step. Um, that was very noticeable last year. He, he Obviously, there was some, some chemistry issues between he and John Wall. Mm-hmm. I... My thing is this, is, like, John Wall, there's obviously some chemistry issues with John Wall and, like, this whole team. Uh, Gortat was just the one who was most outspoken about it. I And yeah. Dwight Howard obviously has chemistry issues with every team he plays for. I wonder how long. Apparently. I'm going to, I, I want to give you a plus or minus, 40, 41 games, so halfway through the season, uh, before over we under. have a story. <laughs> yeah, over under, 41 games, uh, before we have a story uh, essentially breaking about uh, John Wall and Dwight Howard fucking hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, under. <laughs> 41 games. Yeah. Uh, we'll know by the game. Good 20, call. We'll know. <laughs> there it is, yes. <laughs> That'd be hysterical. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I don't I know. Mean, what, yeah, what do you think? Like, I mean, obviously, like we said on paper, it works. But, like, man, I am nervous for, for that. Right. team and their chemistry and how they're going to work. Like, they should work fine on paper. Like, they should probably be the fourth best team in the East. But, yeah. oh, man. I shit. I like their squad. I like the starting five. I do, too. On paper, they should be one of the best teams in the East, one of the best teams in the league. Uh, again, his depth is going to probably end up being an issue for them. But my thing is, Dwight Howard – the last two two years, because they shot it last year and it was Atlanta the year before that. Uh, apparently, he just—I don't know—he doesn't seem like an unlikable dude. But ever since he went to Los Angeles, he just seems like a, everyone hates him. I just don't yeah. get it. I'm like, what is what is he doing that people dislike this guy everywhere he goes? What well, happened, Mister Happy? Atlanta, there there was a report that came out that when Atlanta traded him, essentially, like there were players on the team who like were applauding and, like, cheering or some shit like that when they heard the news. Really? So, like, yeah. So, like, yeah, I I don't know, man. Like, I think he's just – honestly, I think I think he's, like, one of those people who, like, we all have, like, that friend who is – like, we love him, but, like, they're, you know – yeah. We're like, when are you ever going to take yourself seriously, bro? Like, you just fucking right. clown around and you say stupid shit all the time and you don't realize that it, like, hurts other people's feelings. And, like, I right. love you. And, like, but, like, I, I feel like that is Dwight Howard. I feel like that's the guy that he is. And, right. like, he doesn't mean anything by it, but it's just, like, I don't know. I, I feel I, I feel like that's his personality type, and I feel like it just rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And the reports have been saying that he wants to go to Washington and he wants to try to change that. I mean, that's what right. they said. He wants to become a different person. He wants, but you are he wants who that you are, bro. He, you are. You are. Uh, but he says he wants to that, – that's the, the, that's the aura he has now. I mean, that's his rep now. He wants to change his rep. Only way to change his rep is to win. You win in Washington, ain't no one gonna bitch in Washington if you win. That's so if true. they do well, no one's gonna say a damn thing. He's gonna put up the numbers. I mean, he's been doing it. I mean, people think he sucks now. He don't suck, 
<laughs> no, he doesn't. He's just, he's just not easy to get along with, but he doesn't suck. The man still puts up double-doubles. The man's a beast. Um, he just – no one respects him anymore because he's a pain in the ass. So yes. if he can get along with another pain in the ass, John Wall, maybe they become best friends and because opposites attract. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> maybe. Who, well, who you know knows? what would be um, interesting? You know what, what I think would be, like, the most interesting plot line is if – John Wall and Dwight Howard just hit it off, and the rest of the team hated both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I could see that happening too. The best friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like what happened with uh, uh, with Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade? It was like, what happened? Everybody yeah. hates them too for some reason. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, like Rondo yeah, hated them, and like there was this big beef, and and like all the younger players are like Dwayne Wade doesn't practice, and yeah, it's like oh right. shit. And Jimmy's like buddy buddy with them, so like ah, oh, you guys yeah. don't try or whatever. It was such a mess, Jesus. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, but that's but, what it is. Washington is. Yeah, a, it'll, uh, who knows? It'll be it'll be a lot of fun to like monitor this situation as it goes throughout the season. Um, but, like, I mean, I think we're in agreement. Like, on paper, they've improved their roster. Um, Dwight Howard is better than Marcin Gortat. And mm-hmm. the fact that they were able to get Austin Rivers, like, solid backup point guard, can also play the two. That's right. The depth oh, they Another pain in the ass. That, oh, my God. It's yeah. going to blow up. Yes. <laughs> it's it's not going to be good, bro. It's way too many personalities. Bradley oh, Beal, I, 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 I want to ask you another over-under. Uh, 41 games uh, before Bradley Beal requests, uh, officially requests a trade. <laughs> <laughs> Week two. I was like, I can't. I can't be in that room with that. I can't That's do it. Terrible. I just – yeah, I can't deal with it, man. Get oh, me the fuck out of here. Because you can't oh, trade John Wall. Not with that contract, no. man. Maybe Superman. Yeah, yeah. No one, no one wants that contract. So nope, nope, nope. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It'll, it'll be, it'll be really, really interesting. Um, never say never. But anyway, get rid of Blake Griffin somehow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they even got a fucking draft pick back for him. Like that was the craziest sure. thing. Um, a lottery pick, no less. There's Jerry. What? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That I mean, that I applauded him for. And they got the probably the best player in the deal, at least the most consistent player in Tobias Harris. But uh, yeah. But anyway, a couple more things. Brooke Lopez. This this one came yeah. out of nowhere. Brooke Lopez, three point four million dollars for one year to sign with the Milwaukee Bucks. I love it. I love this deal. They get a floor spacing yeah. center. He's not a great rebounder. Like he's never been a great no. rebounder, and he's not a great defender, which is weird because Robin Lopez is the opposite. Like he he's not yeah. a floor spacer, but he's, he's a great rebounder and a great defender. Like yeah, um, mm-hmm. but like it, offensively at least, Brooke Lopez fits them to a T. That's exactly what they needed, and I feel like if they put the right pieces, like if you play him. Giannis, uh, Middleton, like probably Brogdon and Bledsoe, like you got enough defensive pieces around him to to kind of shield him. And and Giannis, like he's got that versatility, like kind of like how Kevin Durant, uh, you know, is is able to play better defense now that you know he he's in Golden State. Like Giannis has that same kind of ability to to you know 
be your rim protector because of his length and his athleticism. So you don't necessarily really need that as far as rim protection. And, you know, as Mm -hmm. far as rebounding, yeah, they'll suffer a little bit from that. But, like, I love it, man. I I think it's a great fucking move for them. It's exactly what they needed. They needed a guy who could, you know, space the floor and, you know, provide – essentially give him some buckets and, and, you know, as much as there's been talk about Giannis playing the five, like, I so much prefer this. Like, get get a guy yeah, like Brook Lopez. Too. And you get him mm-hmm. for $3.4 million? That's the crazy thing. I can't imagine, like, why would the Lakers not offer him something? You know, like, Anything. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know they, I know they relinquished his, his, like, right. Yeah. His rights, yeah, because they didn't want the cap hold of like God, what probably like thirty million dollars because he was on a twenty million dollar contract. But like they could have offered him that. They could have offered him easily. They could have offered him at the. They probably could have offered him like like eight point five million, nine million, whatever the. Um, whatever yeah, he could have got more than three point four million. Fucking nothing. right, <laughs> right. So like the fact that Milwaukee was able to get him for that cheap too. Great fucking move. I love it. What are your thoughts? No, I totally agree with you. I love it. As soon as I heard the news, I was like, oh, I really like that move. Uh, Brooke yeah. Lopez fits perfectly with the fucking move. He's so long. He's, he's very big. He can shoot it. Uh, he's a very offensive-minded big guy. He was a former all-star. Obviously, he's a little older now, so it doesn't move as well. But Brooke is still Brooke. I mean, at the end of the day, I think he can still ball out. Uh, he'll play, fit next uh, next to Giannis and, and Middleton really well. Whether they go uh, small with that with them too at forward and, and Brogdon and, and um, Bledsoe at the, the guards, or they go a little bigger, maybe starting Ilya Silva. I don't know. Whatever they want to do, they have the they have flexibility more so than last year. I like the depth that they added, adding Ilya Silva and adding Brook Lopez. They added shooting. Um, I really like it. I really and they added they added Difficenzo from the draft. So I really like what they've done this offseason. Good job, Milwaukee. <laughs> yes. I agree. The the only the, like the, the big missing ingredient to me is they need they need one more wing player. And I don't like they they don't have yeah. really I, I they agree. don't really have the money to get anybody great, but if they can find like a like a luck into one. <laughs> well, yeah, just like well, hey, you know, Luke Luke still contends that Kawhi Leonard <laughs> would be, although you'd have to give up Middleton, which so that wouldn't give you the depth. But like, that's true. Uh, but nevertheless, nevertheless, like if you could just add like one, like uh, uh fuck, who is that guy that um, uh, Alex Poitras, you know, somebody like that who like Poitras. he's not gonna. <laughs> He's not going to play major minutes or anything, but, like, he just gives you a body that you can throw in there who's a wing player, you know. And I'm not even saying him specifically, just somebody like that. Um, you know, somebody who you can get for really cheap and can, you know, give you, you know, the minutes during the regular season that you need. Because in the postseason, you're not going to need that. You, you're going to play Middleton at the three, and then when he's not in, you're going to play Anshakumpo at the three, and you'll be fine. But like they for the regular season they need they need an extra wing guy, um, but I think I think somebody's out there who they could pick up who you know could just give them minutes here and there and you know garbage time minutes you know minutes so you know Giannis and 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 Milton can rest, um, but yeah I mean I, I, I 
I agree. I love the moves that they have made, you know, this off season, and I, I really, you know, I think Ilyasova's contract is again like a little high. Um, but I mentioned this to Juwan the other day. I think the fact that Coach Bud has already like worked with him, like I think that had a lot mm-hmm. to do with that. Sign, That's right. You know. That's a good point. I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think ultimately that um, was probably what led to uh, him, you know, getting that contract from Milwaukee. So, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see um, how this roster kind of, you know, comes together and, and plays out. I, I think it'll be really fun to watch. And I think they have a really, really good shot at being, you know, one of the Top teams in the East this year with the these. So no. So no Jabari uh, Parker right. coming back to Milwaukee. I don't think so. I think I think I think best case scenario they, um, you know they they try to get him back on his qualifying offer, and if he takes that, sure. But other than that, I don't, I don't think so. I think I think they signed Ilyasova, thinking that they they weren't going to bring him back. Um, and like, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily want him back now. Like, I I have Ilya Silva for three years. I, like, I I don't want to overpay a guy who's torn his ACL twice. So, no, I I I think it's a no go on Jabari. I think Jabari's best bet is maybe with the Nets. Maybe whatever cap space they have left, they could sure. they could give him they could give him some money. Um, but other than that, like, yeah. I don't think there's going to be much of a home for Jabari Parker. Jabari too much Parker. So sad. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's really sad is that, like, he probably is a better player than Andrew Wiggins, but his his injuries have just derailed him. And, like, Andrew Wiggins yeah. is the one who got the max extension, and Jabari Parker, had he not gotten hurt, probably deserved it more. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? Um, all right, uh, prior to last one, we got about six minutes left. Yusuf Nurkic agreed to a four-year, $48 million deal with Portland. The Blazers also added Seth Curry and Nick Stauskas um, to their roster. Um, I like the Seth Curry signing Nick Stauskas, not so much. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Seth Curry, Seth Curry had, had, had a few good moments uh, for, for Dallas before he got hurt, and I think um, – you know, he he could prove to be a, a a pretty good role player for them. But Yusuf Nurkic is what I really want to talk about. I like I, I like the contract. Four years, forty eight million dollars. Um, that's not bad. Like I mean, twelve million dollars a year for Yusuf Nurkic. That's pretty good. I mean, they're a luxury tax team. I honestly kind of almost expected them to just kind of let him walk. Um, just because they have Zach Collins, and he started playing really well at the end of the season. But because they got him for, you know, the price tag that they got him for, um, I think it's a good deal. I, and I think, I think too, like, he should be happy, too, that he got a, a you know, a $48 million deal um, mm-hmm. just simply because of the, the, the way, not that he doesn't deserve it, but the way, you know, not a lot of teams have cap space, and the fact that you know Portland was like, "Yeah, we'll give you twelve million a year." Like that's that's fair, um, you know. Like I said, given all of these certain factors, so um, I think it, I think it's smart on their part. They want to do their best to stay competitive and to keep Dame happy, 
And I think this kind of goes a long way to that. And, you know, Nurkic is a good player when he's, when he's healthy. Um, he certainly adds, uh, you know, a, a, an element um, to their team as far as uh, defense. And, he, you know, he can score in the post, too. So I, I think it's good. I, I, I like that deal for Portland. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, sure. I mean, who else is out there as a different choice, honestly? Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure who else is, like, pining to have uh, Joseph Nurchich. Uh, I, I, it's good for them. I mean, they got him back. They they gave a decent contract. It wasn't terrible. I mean, they have issues in other places. I'm not a huge fan of – I mean, Seth Curry's not a bad pickup, but um, – I'm not sure what the hell the Nick Stauskas one was. I'm yeah, I mean they got him for the minimum, but like they're both yeah. shooting guards, and they drafted two shooting guards. They drafted Anthony <laughs> Simons, and then I forget who the other guy was, but like they drafted two shooting guards and then signed two shooting guards, and they already have right. CJ McCollum. I my my best guess would be that you know they're going to kind of go back to the lineup that they had that they ran. Um, before last season where, where CJ ran the point when Dame wasn't on the court um, and then just plug and play either Seth or, or Nick Stauskas. And, I mean, it's going to take a long time for Am- Anthony Simons to, you know, develop. I mean, he's really young. He's, uh, you know, a high school guy. So, um, right. so yeah, but, like, uh, yeah, I agree. I like, I, I like Curry. Um, you know, he, he's He's certainly not his brother, but he he still has the no. potential to be a, you know a solid role player on on an NBA totally. team and and yeah the the Nurkic signing um, good bang for your buck as far as you know as far as I'm concerned. Um, really quickly, let's uh, let's touch on Bob Mute. So not only do the Rockets lose Ariza. They also lose Bob Mute. He agreed to a one-year, $4.3 million to return to the L.A. Clippers. What are your thoughts on Bob Mute returning to the Clippers, and how do you think this impacts Houston? I mean, it hurts. I mean, you lost one of your defenders. Mm-hmm. You lost one of the key pieces to your team last year. I mean, he wasn't super effective in the playoffs uh, or the second half of that season because of his injury. And as he popped his shoulder twice, maybe that played a factor into them bringing him back and they were worried that he might pop it again. Uh, so he might be a liability, but it still kind of hurts. I mean, they need to fill them gaps. Uh, obviously they're, they're the Rockets need to focus on Capella, but at the end of the day, we lost your second wing defender. So you need to, it can't be all PJ Tucker. I mean, I, I have no doubt the man can do it by himself, but I mean, he's going to need help <laughs> at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, no. I mean, I agree. They, they, they definitely need to add. Like, you know, I, I, I applaud them for bringing back Gerald Green. That was smart. But yeah, they, they mm-hmm. need another versatile wing defender. Um, yes, they do. And you know, we'll see what they can come up with. But it certainly hurts. I mean, Bob Mute certainly was ineffective in the playoffs. But like we said, or uh, like you said, a lot of that had to do with his injuries. And you know, I mean, Ariza was relatively ineffective in the Western Conference Finals, too. But, I mean, he's certainly a glue guy and somebody that you wanted to hang on to. But I understand $15 right. million. Dollars, you, you don't want to pay that when you got to pay Capella and Chris Ball. So. Um, but anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Full Court Press. It's good. We got a lot of, we got a lot of shit in tonight. Uh, 
lot, lot of fucking stories. I was kind of worried because we rambled on about uh, the restricted free agents as long as we did. But uh, anyway, <laughs> we'll be back on Thursday uh, to touch on any sort of developments that are going on, all the NBA stories, and uh, be sure to check out Wrestling Geeks Alliance on Wednesday. Uh, and until sure. we talk to you again, peace. Peace.